Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. I'd encourage you to turn in your Bibles to Mark 2, 13. I'm excited and ready to preach the word today. I feel like God gave me a very clear and defined word for our church today. And we're in uh, the second week of our new sermon series, The Church We Built. The church we build is simply bringing us back to the roots of this great church we've been called to build. See, it says in Ephesians that we are partnering with apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. And we now get the opportunity to write our name on the foundation of this great church being built, the body of Christ. And so here we are building this church. Last week we talked about that we are a house of worship. And so I want to dive into the word today and hopefully we can understand a little bit more of our great mission and calling as we build the church. Are you with me today? You ready for the word? Chapter 2 verse 13 says this. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Come on, Jesus mic drop moment by Jesus. I also want to read the first couple verses of Romans 3, 19. It says this, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one is declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. I want us to see this real fast before I move on. It's not the law that makes us righteous, but the law helps us to see and become conscious to the sin. Verse 21. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. Thank God. Aren't you grateful for that? Apart from the law, which the law and the prophets testify, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So no longer is it given through the law. It's now given through faith for those who believe. And it says this, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. We're all on the same playing field. For all have sinned, everybody say all, and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. The title of my message today is simply this, Welcome Home. 
Welcome home. Turn to the person next to you and say, welcome home. Welcome home. I'm going to pray before the preaching of God's word. Lord, today, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power. When we read it, it comes alive to us, and we thank you for that. We thank you that it's alive and active. So, Lord, I pray right now, as we hear these gospel truths, these simple gospel truths, I pray, Lord, we are spurred on in our faith. We are reminded of our calling, or we're called for the first time. I pray, Lord, in every way that we would hear the word today and be transformed from the inside out. Anoint ears to hear it and hearts to receive it. Anoint my voice to preach it. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Welcome home. Welcome home. Have you ever been caught in the middle of doing something wrong? Ever been caught in the middle of a bad act in your life? Turn to the person that you forgot to say welcome home to and say, I know you have. I know you have. A couple laughs out there like, yeah, I caught you. For me, it's, it's actually, I can't even count how many times. Uh, it was mostly in high school. I would get caught doing all these crazy things. And I want to share one with you today. I remember one time uh, I went over to a friend's house for a movie night. And, you know, a bunch of friends were there. And my girlfriend at the time, I was 16 years old, had just gotten my license. And I remember watching the movie then leaving the house right afterwards, getting in the car with this girl, and we went off. Don't worry, I saved myself for Brianna, okay? You know what I'm saying? But might have been some kissing. Didn't save that. She goes, ooh. <laughs> so we go off, and it's about two hours, and I remember going back home and walking in the front door, and there were my parents at the top of the stairs. You can just feel that moment. You know what I mean? You know the feeling where your heart just drops to the soles of your feet. It's like, what did I do? And my parents were standing at the top of the stairs. And they go, Alex, where have you been? And I said, we decided to watch another movie. And so I stayed there. And I just got home from watching the other movie. And my parents said, well, we're just glad you're home. And they turned around and walked to their room. Oh, man, then I was guilty. You know what I mean? Anybody else been in this situation before where you have lied straight up to someone's face and you leave just feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders? I can't believe I did that. Feeling so icky and guilty. So I'm sitting in my room for like 20 minutes. How could I lie to my parents that blatantly? How could I come at them like that? And so what did I do? I'm 16 years old. I got up. I walked upstairs. I knocked on their door. It's the middle of the night. And I sit there at the end of their bed and I say, I lied to you. I wasn't at my friend's house. I was actually out with this girl. And my parents lean up in their bed and they go, we know. <laughs> I was like, what? How did you know? And they go, because your friend's mom called us 10 minutes after you left and said, Alex just left with this girl. <laughs> Dang, man. No respect. You know what I'm saying? No respect. Such a beautiful moment for my parents, though. I walked in the house, and they said, we're just glad you're home. We're just glad you're home. See, I really think that this is the love of Jesus. This is the heart of the Father. Not that we would feel shame. Not that we would feel rejected. But that wherever we are, no matter how far we've run, no matter the lie, 
that we would come and feel home. That you would come and feel accepted just as you are. And I think that that's this story that we just read with Levi. So first of all, it's said, if you look back at the text, that Jesus was walking once again beside the lake. I love that first of all because it helps us to understand now as disciple makers, as the call to be in places where people need Jesus. Not to be sitting in your house and waiting for people to come to you, but it says once again, meaning Jesus did this all the time. He walked beside the water looking for people. And I love how this story continues. I think it's very important we understand the ins and outs and details of this. It says that a large crowd began to follow him, and Jesus then was teaching them as he walked. So you get this picture, this great crowd of people walking behind Jesus as he's walking beside the water, and he's teaching all of these people. And Jesus looks over and sees this booth with a guy named Levi sitting in this booth. He sees this tax collector and this sinner. See, tax collectors at this time, you might know this, but I want to reiterate this to you. Tax collectors at this time would often exhort their power above people using the Roman guards to help them, and they would get more money than what they actually needed to take. So they would come over with their power, and they would rob people of their money and take a cut, and they would have a fortune for themselves. So these people not only were titled as sinners, they were corrupt in every single way, robbing, stealing, being deceitful. And Jesus looks at Levi, and he says, follow me. And I love Levi's response. It says that he gets up, and he follows Jesus. And I wonder for us, in so many areas of our life, what would it look like if we just chose to make a decision just to get up and walk away. In the midst of hard things we go through, trials, things that we encounter in our life, moments where we feel like the temptation is to steal, to lie, to cheat, to sin. What if we just get up in the moment and follow Jesus? But see, Jesus then goes to his house and has dinner with many tax collectors and sinners. Many tax collectors and sinners. And there, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, who don't really understand grace, they don't understand the journey that Jesus is going to take people on, these Pharisees ask this question. See, they would have been in the, in the mindset that the law was the only way to righteousness. So they didn't understand why Jesus would have anything to do with these people. They wouldn't have had grace for these people. And they asked this question. They said, why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus overhears this. And he says to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. See, hear me today, church. Jesus doesn't look at your current state and call you that. He sees your potential and he welcomes you in. Jesus doesn't reject, he accepts and leads you to righteousness. Jesus doesn't reject, he accepts and leads you to righteousness. Do you see this today? He doesn't reject you just because of your title. He doesn't reject you just because of what you've done. He doesn't reject you just because of your past. He doesn't reject you because of the lifestyle you've chosen. He accepts you 
And he leads you to righteousness. He leads you to righteousness. See, aren't you grateful that you don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus? I know I am. We don't have to be righteous to come to Jesus. In actuality, we are all on the same playing field. See, Romans 3.22 says it like this. Righteousness has been given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. And there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it's been made clear to us that we're all in the same boat as Levi. We have all fallen short. We have all fallen short. We, are, we have all sinned. And so here we stand on the same playing field as Jesus. Jordan, could I have you come up here for a second just so I can help reiterate this point? Give it up for Jordan. Don't you love this guy? Funniest guy I know. I love Jordan. He's going to be our Levi. Uh, this is our tax collector and sinner right here. Could you grab that little chair right there as well? That's your, that's your booth. Maybe go a little bit further over there just so we can. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, go ahead and sit in it. Yeah, that's great. Levi started following Jesus while he was still in sin. He followed Jesus while he still had the label of sin on him. I want you to picture this for a second. Jesus walking along the water with a crowd of people behind him, a large crowd of people following him. And they look over and they see a booth where it says tax collector and sinner. So not only Jesus, but his disciples, the Pharisees, and everybody else in the crowd, do you see this with me? Are you with me right here? Yeah. I know you're distracted by the little chair. It's the only chair we can find in a pinch. <laughs> I need you to picture this with me. Jesus, his disciples, the Pharisees, and the large crowd of people see the title above his head, tax collector and sinner. Yeah. To everyone, he is a tax collector and sinner, even to Jesus. Yeah. Tax collector and sinner. You know what Jesus says? He looks at him and he says, get up and follow me. Go ahead and get up. Take one step. You know what's beautiful about that moment right there? He still has the title of tax collector and sinner. Everybody still sees him as a tax collector and sinner. The Pharisees, the disciples, Jesus. But you know what else he has on him? The title of follower of Jesus. He's not only a tax collector and sinner, but he is a follower of Jesus. Come on, can we give it up for Jordan? Thanks, bro. You can take your little chair with you. See, someone needs to hear me today, and I need to speak this to you. And maybe this is very specific to someone in this room, but you need to hear it from my words. The trajectory of your life has been going the wrong way. The GPS of sin in your life has been leading you down the wrong paths, and you have been going the wrong way your life. But can I tell you today that there is a change around of the directions. Today is the day that you find a U-turn in the, in the gospel presence of what Jesus wants to do in your life. Today is the day. This isn't going to be a 15-point turn. You're not stopping over for a pit stop. You are turning around and God is setting your path straight. Today is the day. You might still have the title of lost. You might still have the title of you don't know where you are, but you're following the GPS now that is telling you you are going the right way Siri is shouting to you and saying this you're en route to your destination you might still have the title of lost but you have the title of you know where you're going you might still have the title of tax collector and sinner but you can still have the title of following Jesus 
we're all on the same playing field today. I remember a year ago, just over a year ago, when Brianna and I made the 43-hour drive, the one-week drive, with our four little kids to move down to Florida to plant a church. It's crazy. It was only a year and a week ago we were in the car. Insane what God has done. Can you believe that? Can we celebrate for a second what God has done in the last year? Amazing. But I remember as we're driving, I'm going on this road and it got a little confusing on some of these back roads. We were trying to get around some traffic and construction and I took a wrong turn. And it cost me about an hour in my journey. It cost me about an hour. I remember being so frustrated. I can't believe I did that. I was so mad at myself. And Brianna, full of grace, goes, it doesn't matter. In light of 42 hours, what's another hour, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. But maybe this is the word of the Lord for each and every one of you today. Maybe in this journey, you know where you're going, but you've taken a detour. You've taken a small turn off. And now today you're being reminded of the fact that you still have a calling and an assignment. You have the title of a Jesus follower. And you might have taken a little step off the turn. But I tell you what, all you got to do is just change your, your direction a little bit and get right back on track. And in light of eternity, what's one hour? You might learn some things along the way. You might see some great scenery. But can I tell you today, you're still on track and you're not too far gone. I feel like God wants to say to you today, you're just on a small detour and you're not too far gone. See, Grace City Tampa will always be a church with open arms. We will always live with open hearts and open hands. No judgment. See, we will always be a hospital for the sick rather than a museum for the righteous. We will always be a hospital for the sick rather than a museum for the righteous. What do I mean by sick? We will be a hospital for the sinners. We will be a hospital for the lost, for the hurting, for the forgotten, for the disowned, for the broken, for the burdened, for the wanderers, which is all of us. We have all fallen short, and we're all sinners, and we're all on the journey of following Jesus. See, it's not an accident when you walked in the room today. You all would have read two massive words bigger than your head, welcome home. That's not an accident. It's not a, a cool church thing just to put on things. No, we wouldn't put it there unless it had a meaning. That isn't just words. It's not just a feeling. It's a spirit of this house. That you would understand that no matter what you've done, where you've gone, you are always welcome. And this is your home. It's the doormat of our church. You know, when you go to houses, pretty much everybody has the $15 Target doormat. Whatever season, they're throwing it in their cart and putting a new doormat down there. You know what I'm saying? It says, welcome home or home sweet home or whatever. This is our doormat. You can choose to wipe your feet off before you come in or you don't have to. But the greeting will always be the same. The spirit will always be the same. You are always welcome no matter what happened the night before. Or if it's been 20 years since something happened, you are always welcome. But the beautiful thing is it's a reminder of you can today wipe your feet off and hit the restart button and choose to follow Jesus. Get up from your mat and walk after Jesus. Leave the things behind you. Have faith and follow Jesus. You can leave the sin behind you and follow Jesus. You can pursue righteousness and follow Jesus. This is what we're called to. This is what we're called to. The definition of welcome Simply this in three parts. The first one is to greet in a warm and friendly manner. That's part of our mission as a church. 
that we will always have a warm and friendly manner about us. The second one is to receive or accept with happiness and pleasure. I picture this as the prodigal son returning to his father. Happiness and pleasure, to receive no matter what you've done or how far you've run. And the last one is this, receive gladly into one's presence or companionship. You are a part of this thing. You are a part of this great church. You have a purpose here. You have an assignment here. You have been called and you are received into this companionship. See, this great church we build on this planet will always be a church where you can belong before you believe. A church where you can journey through your sin and a church where you can discover your purpose. Just as you are, you are welcome and we will welcome others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Confused, I asked my parents. I said, why didn't you call me out as soon as I lied? Sitting at the end of their bed, I'm so confused. They knew all along. I said, why didn't you call me out? Why didn't you say, you lied to us? And they said this to me, and I'll never forget what they said. We truly were just happy you were home. And we wanted to give you room to work it out for yourself rather than push you away. They wanted to give me room to work it out for myself rather than push me away. And I did. How much more beautiful is the moment that I was convicted of what I was and I came back, not out of obligation, but out of understanding and understanding that I wanted to do the right thing. See, here at Grace City, Tampa, we will never call you out. Can I say that? We will never call you out, and we will never exclude you, but we will call you up. We will call you up to another level and say you have more in you. You have more potential. And you might need some time to figure it out for yourself, but there is more in you. There are new levels that you are meant to achieve in your life, new levels of your calling. We will never exclude you in your sin, and we will never push you away but we will call you up to what God has for your life. You're welcomed into the journey and to have a life worthy of the call. Something that I think is really important for us, and I'll invite the band up as I'm taking a little bit of a lengthy conclusion. Something I think is very important for us is we have to ready the house for others. Now that we have journeyed with God and our title above our head maybe looks like Someone following Jesus, Jesus' follower. We now have to ready our house for others to follow. Being a pastor for 11 years now, uh, we've been invited to go to a lot of people's houses. Uh, a lot of people come to my house. I want to cook for you. I want to I invite you in. Come hang at my house. And sometimes it's a great experience. Sometimes it's not. Uh, some of the great experiences, we had a couple in our church, Dennis and Anna, invited us over to their house. They had all this amazing food, tons of different kinds of meats. We all sat there for hours drinking coffee, eating meat, having a great time. That's one good example. There have been many bad ones. And uh, I'll share with you just a couple of them. I remember one time going into this guy's house, and we walk into his kitchen, and there he was grabbing raw chicken with his hands and just putting it onto the grill. And I was like, no big deal. And then he wipes his raw chicken on his shirt. And then he grabs produce, fresh produce, and starts to chop it up with all the salmonella all over his hands. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. You just kind of cut to the middle of that chicken and hope for the best. But I remember one time, uh, I remember being at this, these people's house, and 
They looked like they hadn't cleaned in years, and the floor was just covered in dirt. And when our kids left, they were covered, their knees, their feet, everything, dirt all over them, right? Had no idea what was on that floor. I remember one other time, uh, this guy had caught a big spider in his living room, and he put it inside of a cage. And he's like, you want to see our pet spider? It gets really interesting at people's houses. These are all true, right, Brianna? I mean, these are true, true stories. So now Brianna and I are a little more careful. We generally like to meet people at restaurants where we know it's gonna be clean and people are handling food properly. No salmonella for us. But we do still go to people's houses, not saying we wouldn't. We generally go to people's houses that prepare for us and make room for us and set the table for us and say, hey, I've created an environment for you to come. That's our mission as a church. We are to prepare the house for people to come. We are to prepare ourselves so that we can be in a place to call people up. If you're not preparing yourself for that, you'll always be in a place of calling people out rather than up. God's calling you to a new level. This is our great assignment. This is it. I can't imagine if Jesus would have called Levi, come follow me. And then imagine Jesus goes and sits at the table and he begins to tell stories of how he would lie and cheat and steal. Imagine if Jesus sat at the table and got drunk in front of all these people. He wouldn't have been an example. He wouldn't have been someone to follow. But no, Jesus was this perfect being, the perfect example of a life to follow. And that's what we need to do, amen? So live a life worthy of following. Don't bring people into your junk. Live a life where people want to dig their roots deep into you and follow your example. We're called to be a followable church. We're called to be followable. Somewhere in this great journey that Levi was on of following Jesus now, that started in this story in Mark chapter 2, something happened with Levi. See, Levi's life had now been forever changed because of this one welcome home experience with Jesus. It has been forever changed because of Jesus' calling of Levi. And something happened between book and chapter two and chapter three in the book of Mark. Something happened with Levi. See, Levi decided that he was gonna change his name from being called the Greek name Levi to now take on his Hebrew name, Matthew. Something happened and something shifted inside of him where he now wanted to be known as Matthew. There's not a lot of reasons why, but I think it's important for us to see this today, church. Matthew being one of the 12 disciples, one of the people who got a first encounter with all the things that Jesus said, all the things that he did, he got to stand there and watch and partake He's the person who wrote the first book of the, Bi of the New Testament, the 28 chapters, Matthew. He's the one who wrote it and dialogued out all the things that he saw. This is the guy that after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus went on for 15 years to do missions work and spread the gospel around the world. 
Can I tell you this today? That one moment with Jesus, one encounter of following Jesus could change everything for your life and for the lives of others and could change people's eternities across the world. He didn't want to be called Levi. He said, there's something new on me. I no longer want to hold the title of tax collector and sinner. I want to be known as Matthew now. I want a new beginning. I want a new beginning. See, we have to look past people's current realities and see their eternal potential. And it starts with a simple welcome home. I'll say it again. We have to look past people's current realities and see their eternal potential. And it starts with a simple welcome home. I wonder where I would be. Grace City, Tampa, I wonder where I would be if people didn't believe in me. I wonder where I'd be if I didn't have a youth pastor that championed my faith journey and called me. I wonder where I'd be if I had parents that pushed me away but didn't give me room to grow in and called me up. I wonder where I would be. See, we have to love uncircumstantially. We have to have grace regardless of wrongdoings. We have to forgive unconditionally. We have to welcome no matter the status and we have to live lives worthy of following. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet and close your eyes across this room? I'm gonna give two calls today. The first call I wanna give is for those of you who feel like Levi or Matthew in this place today. You feel, you sit, you've been sitting at the tax collector's booth. You have the title of sinner and you're not following Jesus. Today, I wanna give a call for you to be welcomed in and welcomed to follow. See Romans 3, 25 through 26, as it continues from what we read earlier, says God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood, meaning that he's paying the debt for everything you've done. Meaning whatever your past is, it has been covered by the sacrifice of atonement of Jesus. And it's to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance. He had left the sins committed before him. We have to understand this, that this has to be received by faith today. And that's the opportunity we have right now. That you would simply open your heart to Jesus and say, today, I want to get up and I want to follow Jesus. Today, I want to make a statement and a declaration that I'm going to follow Jesus. So one, if that's you, I'm gonna ask you when I count to three that you would simply raise your hand. One, know that today is the day of salvation. It's what the Bible says. You don't need to wait till tomorrow. You don't need to wait till you feel like you're ready. Today is the day that you can follow Jesus with everything. Two, know that God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to cover all of your sins, to justify you and, and bring you into righteousness through faith. He's done it all for you. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? You want to give your life to Jesus or you want to return to Jesus? Come on. Can we celebrate those people in this place who have raised their hands? Come on. Can we celebrate them? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give a second call. I want to give a call for those who maybe feel like Jesus in this place and you need to welcome him. Maybe you're following Jesus, 
You're like Matthew for all these years, and it's time for you to welcome in. See, we're being called into justification and righteousness with Jesus to show others this justification. So would you all just raise your hands across this room, every single one of us. We're all on the same playing field. Raise your hands as an act of surrender in this place right now. And I want to pray a prayer over every person. Lord, you see us, you know us, you know our hearts, you know where we are. And I pray right now, Lord, first of all, for the people who have been following you. I pray, Lord, that they would be reminded of their call. They would be reminded of their assignment, that we are to live lives worthy of the call that you've given us. Lord, I pray over every person right now that they would be spurred on to live lives of righteousness, that they would be spurred on to live lives worthy of your assignment, God. I pray, Lord, that we would prepare the room, we would prepare the house, that we would live with the mantra, welcome home, that every step of the way we would welcome people to follow, that we would create environments where people feel welcome, where people feel accepted. Lord, help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to be the people that sit with sinners and tax collectors and make a great statement to the righteous people and say this, that we will always be a hospital for the sick rather than a museum for the righteous. Lord, create room in our hearts, create grace in our minds to accept in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's worship with this great song. Let's re-surrender together. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.